Job chapter number 9. Continue on through the book of Job, a series, The Faith of Job, that we hear so much about all the time. We can glean from these things if we will. I believe that we have something tonight we can definitely glean from. Job chapter number 9, verse number 1. Then Job answered, after Bildad had poured out what he wanted to say, Again, verse 1, Then Job answered and said, I know it is so of a truth, but how should a man be just with God? If he will contend with him, he cannot answer him one of a thousand. He is wise in heart and mighty in strength, who hath hardened himself against him and hath prospered, which removeth the mountains and they know not, which overturneth them in his anger which shaketh the earth out of her place, and the pillars thereof tremble, which commandeth the sun, and it riseth not, and sealeth up the stars, which alone spreadeth out the heavens, and it treadeth upon the waves of the sea, which maketh Arcturus, Orion, and Pleiades, and the chambers of the south, which doeth great things past finding out, yea, and wonders without number. Lo, he goeth by me, and I see him not. He passeth on also, but I perceive him not. Behold, he taketh away. Who can hinder him? Who will say unto him, What doest thou? If God will not withdraw his anger, the proud helpers do stoop under him. How much less shall I answer him and choose out my words to reason with him? Whom though I were righteous... Yet would I not answer, but I would make supplication to my judge. If I had called and he had answered me, yet would I not believe that he had hearkened unto my voice. For he breaketh me with a tempest and multiplieth my wounds without cause. He will not suffer me to take my breath, but filleth me with, with bitterness. If I speak of strength, lo, he is strong. And if of judgment... Who shall set me a time to plead? If I justify myself, mine own mouth, mine own mouth shall condemn me. If I say I am perfect, it shall also prove me perverse. We're going to stop our reading there, but we're going to look more into chapter number nine and into chapter number ten with this thought. What if I do not have the answers? What if I do not have answers? Let's pray. We'll get started. Heavenly Father, You are a great big God. You know all. You see all. You are sovereign. You are in control. You know everything, but beyond our wildest imaginations, you know everything about everything and about everyone. And we don't. And we wish we could. And sometimes in the darkest hours of our life, we look for answers. We'd sure love to have them. Sometimes you choose not to give us answers. Lord, I believe we can learn from the life of Job, and I pray you'd help us to do that even tonight. 
God, give us clarity of thought and speech and just help us to stay on track. Father, I pray that you'd speak to our hearts and we'd be a little stronger and a little closer to you because of what you speak to us about tonight through your word. If there's someone here tonight that does not know Jesus Christ as their personal Savior, they never trusted Christ as their Savior, they've never, never been born again by the Spirit of God. They don't know if they died right now, if they would go to heaven or go to hell. I pray, dear God, please, that you would speak to their heart very clearly, Lord, and show them that's the most important decision they'll ever make in this life. Now help us as we preach, we pray, and thank you for it. In Jesus' mighty name, amen and amen. Thank you so much for standing. Please do be seated. If you were here last week, you may remember that uh, Bill Dad had come across like a like a prosecuting attorney and the judge himself. I mean, he practiced both. He spoke as in a court as if he, he spoke in a in a courtroom type lingo that defended God, like God needs defending, and indicted Job. And so, a lot of what he had to say during that time it was very true. Like chapter eight and verse number twenty, he said, "This God will not cast away a perfect man; neither will he help evil doers." And we know that God's not going to come down on innocent people, and it, but he never ever backs the guilty. We know that. So that statement was true. A lot of what he said was true along the way. So with Job's case laid out as, is, as, is, as if it were in a courtroom, uh, Job kind of answers in the same language through that, which is evident in, in uh, verse number three, he used the word contend, and that just means enter into a litigation, and then in verse number 3 and verse number 16 also, he used the word answer, testimony offered up in court, and in verse number 15, he used the word judge, and that's the appointed one to decide the outcome of a trial, and then on down to verse number 19, he used the word plead uh, to dispute a claim or to present an argument in court. So Job stands up here. And uh, he stands up for himself and he brings the defense, if you will, against the charges from Bildad. And when we analyze his answer, we begin to understand more fully about Job's faith in God along with, the, uh, along with how confused he really was about all that's happened. He had great faith in God, but at the same time he was very confused. Come on, remember Job, the man that's perfect and upright and skewed evil. God said that about him. Then he loses, he loses all of his children. He, he loses all of his goods. Uh, he use, loses all of his health pretty much to the, to the point of right about dying. His wife turns on him after God said that he was a perfect man. I believe I'd be confused. I believe I'd be wondering. I believe I'd be looking for answers. And truly, we can see that. So he starts out in agreement with Bildad. Verse number two there, I know it is so of a truth. Talking about what Bildad has said. But, but how should a man be just with God? So there's no argument uh, uh, in Job's eyes for Bildad's defense of God's justice, he agrees that God does rightly toward the innocent, and he judges, he, he uh, uh, rightly judges the wicked. 
But here's Job's struggle. He knows that he's innocent. Job knows that he's innocent. Come on, remember? Okay, remember? I mean, already he's been accused by two of his friends. you got to be a wicked sinner, Job. Here's your problem. You're a wicked sinner and God is judging you. And if you would just repent of your wicked sin and get right with God, then everything would be a lot better, Job. And he's listened to all of this, and he even says, yeah, you've said some good things there. But the problem with the struggle that he's going through right now, since his friends, his friends have been so good to him, is that Job knows he's innocent. No, he doesn't think he's sinless, but he knows he's innocent. He doesn't have some wicked, hidden sin in his life. Uh, that, that there has not been any great sin committed against God, God uh, uh, Job knows that. So with the, that knowledge, he has no idea, truly has no idea why he has had to face so much pain, why he has, to fa- has had to face so much suffering. Now think with me for just a minute there. Um, is there anything in the Bible that would make us think that we will always be able to explain everything that God allows to happen in our lives? Is there anything anywhere in the Bible that, that would make us think for just a second, I mean, even for a minute, that, well, I mean, you know, I know God's going to give me explanation for this. There's nothing in the Bible that says that. Not at all. In fact, over in Deuteronomy 29, 29, the Bible says the secret things belong unto the Lord our God. But those things which are revealed belong unto us and to our children forever that we may do all the words of his law. So here's what God says with Deuteronomy 29, 29. You may not know everything, but I've given you enough in my book that you're able to live for me. Truly, we got the word of God. We've got what we need. If we're saved by the grace of God, we have the Holy Spirit of God. We have the Word of God before us. We have access to the throne of God. We have everything that we need to live the life that God would have us to live. Even though that sometimes we may have to walk through valleys. Even though sometimes the storms may come. Even though sometimes we may not understand the hardships that come upon us as we are truly trying to live for God. I'm telling you, God's still in control and we can trust in Him. We do not always have to be able to explain everything that happens in our lives. But we do do need to please get to this, but we do need to believe and trust God through whatever may uh, through whatever we might go through in this life. I said we have to be in a place where we will trust God through whatever we might have to go through in this life. We need to be at that point. Well, preacher, you know things are going pretty good. It's not like anything's bad happened to me today. We don't know what's going to happen in the next 24 hours of our life. None of us. None of us sitting here, standing here. None of us know what may happen in the next 24 hours of our life. Everything may be looking real good right now all across the board. And it can change like that, can it? I mean, just that quick. And that's why it's so important that we have a walk with God. That's why it's so important we have a good relationship with God. That's why it's so important that we're spending time with Him and we're learning to trust Him during the good times. Because it's a lot easier to trust Him during the good times, isn't it? Than when the hard times roll in. But we can trust Him all the time. And that's what He wants from us. He wants us to be trusting Him all the time. So... 
Job confirms the integrity of God. And that starts out with the acknowledgement of the inferiority of man. Because he says, how should a man be just with God? So, no, no, this helps us understand. God said he's perfect and upright and escheweth evil. That's what God said about Job. Pretty good testimony from God about Job, isn't it? Here's what Job says. How should a man be just with God? Now, he was doing right, wasn't he? He was sacrificing. He was doing all those things that he was supposed to be doing. This isn't a confession. No, no, no. This isn't a confession from Job that he feels guilty. It's evident that Job does not comprehend what has happened to him. But, it, it, but, but, but Job is very, very sure that what has happened to him is not because God is punishing him for his sin. What he is acknowledging is that no matter, no matter how good a man may live, he cannot begin to justify himself before a holy God. Mercy. For any, for, any of, for any of us to stand up and go, oh yeah, that's, I'm telling you, God ain't got nothing on me. I, I know I'm perfect and upright and I'm doing everything just the way I'm supposed to do. Well, that'd be a little bit ridiculous for anybody to stand up and say that, wouldn't it? And that's pretty much what Job is saying right there. Ecclesiastes 7.20 says, For there is not a just man upon the earth that doeth good and sinneth not. That's just an absolute truth right there. Romans 3.10 says, that is, As it is written, there is none righteous. No, not one. Not one. Not one. No, no, no. Not one. No, no, no. Every, every, every man, woman, boy, and girl is a sinner. It's just absolutely a fact. So here's the point in this. Job was defending his character, so it's not like he is declaring himself righteous. He's defending his character. It's, I was doing everything I knew to do. Come on, can you relate to that? Come on, I, I, I was trying to be the very best I could be for God. So it's not like he was saying he was a perfect man. God is one that said that about him. He, 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 he's, he, he's, he's, he's not declaring his, himself righteous. He understood very well his fallen nature. And that is, why, that, that is why he was faithful to sacrifice and do all the things that he knew that he should do. And he was not ignorant of the superiority of God over man. He rightly considered himself a just man, but not without sin. I'm doing what I should do. I know I'm a sinner, but at least I'm doing what I should do. And that's why he was so confused. He couldn't understand why God was coming down on him. Job recognizes God's superiority. He talks about how God is great in his wisdom. Verse 3, if he will, if he will contend with him, he cannot answer him one of a thousand. He is wise in heart, mighty in strength, who hath hardened himself against him and hath prospered. You know, it's really ridiculous for anyone at all to think that they can match wits with God. Uh, no, no, no. We, 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 we cannot ask a question that God could not answer. I said, there's no question you can come up with that God cannot 
answer. However, I do believe that God is able to speak. Um, I do believe that God is able to ask us innumerable questions for which we have no way of answering. I mean, he's got things that just blow us away, no doubt. But God is also great in his power. Look at verse number four. It says, uh, he is wise in heart, mighty in strength, who hath hardened himself against him and hath prospered, which removeth the mountains and they know not, which overturneth them in his anger, which shaketh the earth out of her place, which commanded the sun, verse number seven, uh, which alone spreadeth out the heavens and treadeth upon the waves of the sea, verse number eight. I'm telling you, no, 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 it's pointless to fight with God. He is also mighty in power. You have no hope of ever winning if you're fighting with God. He can move mountains. He can shake the earth. He commands the sun. He has power over the stars. I mean, he has power over the seeds. Seas, God is not limited, and God can perform miracle after miracle after miracle after miracle if he so pleases. That's our God. He's not some old guy that's lost all of his power just because it's the 21st century. God is all-powerful. But he also also great in his presence. Verse number 11 says, Lo, he goeth by me, and I see him not. He passeth uh, on also, but I perceive him not. God comes and goes whenever. God comes and goes wherever he chooses. And we have no idea that he's even there. I said, God can be right, God, or God is everywhere. That's, that's true. That's, that's very, very true. But God is at work around us all the time. And we don't even realize it. Sometimes we take it for granted. Well, it's real easy to say, well, God's everywhere all the time. It's easy to say that, isn't it? But sometimes we take it for granted in our daily lives, don't we? Because sometimes in our daily life, we don't act like he's everywhere. We don't act like he's right there with us. We don't act like he sees everything we do. We don't act like he hears everything we say. We don't act like he watches every place we go. We don't act like, no, 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 we don't act like he hears everything that we listen to. I'm telling you, sometimes it's very easy to say, oh, God is everywhere. But it's another thing to really realize that God is everywhere. And he is at work. Whether we know he's at work or not, he is at work. And then it talks about his sovereignty in verse number 12. Stay with me. We're headed somewhere. Uh, He says, Behold, he taketh away. Who can hinder him? Who will say unto him, What doest thou? If God will not withdraw his anger, the proud helpers do stoop under him. So God's sovereignty also is great. His purpose cannot be overthrown. Who can hinder him? His plans cannot be questioned. Who will say unto him, what doest thou? What are you doing, God? Let me tell you how to straighten this out. No, 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 no. His sovereignty, his sovereignty is great. He is in control. God's punishments cannot be resisted. Someone has well said this. They said, there are two things that I am sure of. First, that there is a God. And second, that I am not Him. That's a pretty good quote right there, ain't it? I like it. And right there, God, right there, Job would have said, amen. That's right. He knew who God was. And he knew that he, Job knew that he, he knew who he was. 
And there was no need to instruct him in the supremacy of God. He knew God. He knew who God was. What Job was having a hard time uh, with was this. Why do wicked men prosper? And good men like himself suffer. I don't get it. He knew for sure that God was powerful enough to put an end to all of the wickedness. He had full understanding that God does not punish the innocent. So, if it was not his sins, not Job's sins, that caused the suffering that was going on in his life, and God had not caused it, then who was responsible? And where was Job supposed to go to find the answer? So he declares, Job does, his quandary. He is sure that God knows why he is going through all of this suffering and anguish, but he cannot figure out how to get God to tell him why. How can I get him to tell me why? Verse number uh, 14. How much less shall I answer him and choose out my words to reason with him? Whom though I were righteous, yet would I not answer, but I, I would make supplication to my judge. If I had called and he answered me, yet would I not believe that he had hearkened unto my voice? For he breaketh me with a tempest and multiplieth my wounds without cause. He will not suffer me to take my breath, but filleth me with bitterness. If I speak out of, if I speak of strength, lo, he is strong. And of judgment, who shall set me a time to plead? If I justify myself, mine own mouth shall condemn me. If I say I am perfect, it shall also prove me perverse. Though I were perfect, yet would I not know my soul, I would despise my life. Here's what he's saying. Arguing with God's not going to help. No, I'll say it again. That, that's, that would be a good thing to write down somewhere. Arguing, arguing with God is not going to help. Because you cannot argue with God and expect to win. It's not going to work. And if he were to begin to plead his goodness with God, he says, he knew that God would show him sins in his life, maybe sins that he was not even aware of being there. Can anybody relate to that? So he's having a real hard time believing that it is God that is responsible for what he's going through. But he can't figure out who is. Who is responsible for this? There's injustice. Come on. Get with me here. There's injustice. God said he's a perfect, right, perfect man, upright, skewed evil. 
He's doing everything he knows to do. He loses everything he had. There's injustice. Come on, that's the way we look at it. That's the way I look at it. There's injustice. Why aren't you doing this to Job? He's a good guy. Come on, if you were Job and you were in that place and you knew you were doing everything right and then all this happened, you'd have to say, there's an injustice. I've been trying hard, God. Why is this happening to me? Come on. Come on, surely some of you even sitting in here right now, can, 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 you, you can relate to this. It's like, I, I, I was doing what I was supposed to do. I, I was having my devotion, reading my Bible, and praying, and giving, and working in a church, and all these things, and then this happens. That's where he's at. That's where he's at. Why is this happening to me? Doesn't seem right. What, what's going on? Who is it that's causing all of this? There's got to be somebody to blame about this. No, no, look at verse 22 there. He said, this, this is one thing, therefore I said it. He destroyed the perfect and wicked. If the scourge slays suddenly, he will laugh at the trial of the innocent. The earth is given into the hand of the wicked. He covered the faces of the judges thereof. If not, where and who is he? Got to be somebody to blame. There is somebody out there that destroys, stay with me here. There is somebody out there that destroys the perfect and the wicked. Okay, I, I don't feel like you got that. There, there's somebody out there, there is somebody out there that destroys the perfect and the wicked. Somebody laughs when the innocent suffers. Somebody causes judges to make unjust judgments. So if it's not God, who is he? And Job says, who is he? How can I find him? I want to know what's going on. And he goes on to say, if it, if it is God that's causing all of this, then there's really not much hope. Oh, look at verse 25. Now by days are swifter than a post. They flee away. They see no good. They're all passed away as a swift ships, ships as the eagle that hasteth to pray. If I say I will forget my complaint, I will leave off my heaviness and comfort myself. I'm afraid of all my sorrows. I know that thou wilt not hold me innocent. If I be wicked, why then labor I in vain? If I wash myself with snow water and make my hands never so clean, yet shalt thou plunge me in the ditch and mine own clothes shall abhor me. For he's not a man as I am that I should answer him. And we should come together in judgment. Neither is there any daysman betwixt us that might lay his hand upon us both. Let him take his rod away from me and, and let not his fear terrify me. Then would I speak and not fear him. But it was not so with me. We know this. What Job is going through, was going through, could not simply be ignored. And he goes on, he says, if it is God causing the suffering, after Job had tried so hard to be a righteous man, apparently God's standard is so high that it can't be met. Stay with me here. Apparently, God's standard's so high, I can't even meet it. 
I'm out there sacrificing every morning and not only for myself and my wife, but for my children too. Trying to live a right life. I'm doing all these things. Come on, he's, he, right? Come on, he's trying to figure out what in the world is going on. He said, I'm doing all these things. And if I'm doing all these things, apparently God, stand, God has set the bar so high that it just cannot be met. And, 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 and he does not feel, Job does not feel that he's good enough to, to, to plead his own case to God. And he does not have anyone to plead it for him. Man, I can't go to him and I can if I could just find somebody that could go to him for me. He really does, Job really does want answers, but he's absolutely mortified at the thought of asking God for those answers. What he says there, scared to death. Job's having a very hard time with one of the things that the very book of Job is meant to answer. What kind of world is it that that we live in where the wicked prosper and those that are trying to do right suffer? And although Job has not come to the place of understanding it all, he has given us some things to think about. Three things. Number one, someone other than God is responsible for the injustices that happen in life. Without a doubt. God, why are you doing this to me? Ain't God. Ain't God. A lot of people that should be sitting in church houses tonight are not sitting in church houses because something happened along the way. Some injustice happened in their life. And instead of trusting God through it, shaking their fist at God, and I can't believe you let me in. I was doing the best I could. And They lost all faith in God. They lost all hope in God. But it wasn't God that did that. No, 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 no. God doesn't do that. Number two, even the best people cannot profess complete innocence before the holy God of heaven. Don't miss that. Even the best of people cannot profess innocence in the presence of the holy God of heaven. We are all sinners, just saved by the grace of God, or not saved by the grace of God, but we are all sinners. And number three, given the gap that is there between God and us, what we need is a mediator who can link up with both a holy God and sinners like us. That's pretty eye-opening. Some of you are still asleep. That's pretty eye-opening. No, no, I'm telling you, this is really something when you consider that Job probably, Job probably had not one page of the written Word of God. Most scholars believe that this is the oldest book of the Bible. And he probably didn't have one page of the Word of God. Truly, if if Job's friends would have given ear to this, and if they would have considered what Job was saying in all of this, they all may have arrived arrived at a better understanding of what Job was going through at that time. He said, I need somebody who's a go-between between me and God. Little did he know that one day that was going to come to pass. 
when God the Father would send His only begotten Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, to die for the sin of mankind. He said, I need that. So Job goes to God for understanding. Chapter number 10. Don't get nervous, don't get nervous, don't get nervous. I've only got one point in chapter number 10, okay? Well, maybe a couple of sub-points. But Job goes to God for understanding. And the conversation, I encourage you to read, I think Sunday night, I encourage you to read Job chapter 9 and 10. Hopefully you did if you didn't go home and read it all. The conversation found here in chapter number 10 is given... a pretty clear understanding by the phrase that's found in verse number 15 where Job says this, I am full of confusion. I'm full of confusion. In Job number 10, no, no, in Job chapter 10, he goes to God for understanding. He just said, I'm scared to death to do this, but then he goes to God for understanding. I'm full of confusion. After claiming that he was scared to death to go to God for answers, that's exactly what he does. Why do you think that is, preacher? Because there wasn't any place else to turn. Preacher, I don't understand. I was trying to do everything just right. And then this happens to me. And what am I supposed to do now? Turn to God. Turn to Him. Trust Him. Depend on Him. He didn't have no place else to turn. He didn't have nowhere else to turn. And while talking to God, talking with God, He gives three reasons why He thinks God should give Him answers. Let me give this to you real quick. Let's read the verse first. Let's read a few of these verses, okay? Verse 1, My soul is weary of my life. I will leave my complaint upon myself. I will speak in the bitterness of my soul. I will say unto God, Do not condemn me. Show me wherefore thou contendest with me. It is good unto thee that thou shouldest oppress, that thou shouldest despise the work of thine hands, and shine upon the counsel of the wicked. Has thou eyes of flesh, or seest thou as man seeth? Are thy, day, are thy days as the days of man? Are thy years as man's days? That thou inquirest after mine iniquity and searchest after my sin? Verse 7, where I was going. Thou knowest that I'm not wicked, and there is none that can deliver out of thine hand. So he's saying, God, I really want you to give me answers. And let me give you, give me, let me give you a couple of reasons. Although my friends don't believe me, you know that I'm not a wicked man. Right. 
Is it not great? Please look up here. Is it not great when you can lay your head down on your pillow at night and say, I know my heart's right with God. I know I'm living my life in a way that's pleasing unto God. Oh, I have some shortcomings here and there, but it's not like I'm out doing any wickedness. It's not like I'm just living in blatant sin. It's not like that I'm just shaking a fist at God or hiding sin from God. Come on, isn't it nice when you can lay your head down on your pillow and know that you, that you, your heart is right with God. Job wasn't trying to make himself anybody. He just said, God, you know me. I've been doing everything I can. No, he's already, he's already he's already admitted. I know that I know that I'm not perfect by any stretch of imagination. I, I I know that I'm just a sinful man. But God, you know me that I'm not wicked. Look at verse number eight. He said, "Thy hands have made me." And fashion me together round about. Yet thou dost destroy me. Remember I beseech thee that thou hast made me as the clay. And wilt thou bring me into dust again? Hast thou not poured me out as milk and curdled me like cheese? Thou hast clothed me with skin and flesh. And hast fenced me with bones and sinews. Thou hast granted me life. And favor, and thy visitation hath preserved my spirit, and these things hast thou hid in thine heart. I know that this is with thee. So he says, God, look, it was it was you that made me. And and, and God, it was you that caused me to prosper. So God, you're going to have to be the one that explains why I'm going through the suffering that I'm going through. I, I need answers. And then if God was not if God would not give him answers then Job felt as though that it was all at this point thought that it was all pointless since he didn't seem to be learning anything of value from it as of yet and that his life wasn't even worth living look at verse 14 If I sin, then thou markest me, and thou wilt not acquit me from mine iniquity. If I be wicked, woe unto me. And if I be righteous, yet will I not lift up my head. I'm full of confusion. Therefore see thou mine affliction, for it increaseth. Thou huntest me as a fierce lion, and again thou showest thyself marvelous upon me. Thou renewest Thy witnesses against me and increases thine indignation upon me. Changes in war are against me. Wherefore then hast thou brought me forth out of the womb? 
Oh, that I had given up the ghost, and no eye had seen me. I should have been as though I had not been. I should have been carried from the womb to the grave. God, I'm not learning anything. Got these friends over here telling me how wicked I am. Not hearing anything from you. All this stuff has happened, but it's not like I'm gleaning a whole lot from it, God. Maybe it'd been better if uh, when I was born, I just died. I'm not even sure, God, that this life is worth living. Is basically what he said. There are times that we will go through things in this life for which in our own humanness we'll not be able to find the answers. That's not saying there's not an answer. But there are some things for which only God can give answers. And truly, if we knew the answer, it may not immediately make any sense to us whatsoever. Even if we knew the answer. When we wanted to have it. Think about it this way. There are things that we read in the book of Job that seemingly are as confusing to us as they were to Job. And we know why it happened. I don't know about you, but but once we get to heaven, I, I've got a few questions about some things. Oh, preacher, once we get to heaven, we're going to know everything. No, we won't. There's only one God. And we're not Him. There's still going to be a lot to learn. I look forward to learning it. So when life makes no sense to us, what is it that God expects us to do? What if you don't have answers? Let me give you three things real quick. We'll divide up and go home. What if you don't have answers? Number one, do not rely on yourself or any of the self-proclaimed experts of life to make sense out of what is going on. There is always that chance that like Job, 
We do not have all the pieces to put it all together. Some people will some people will will let things in their life completely just shut them down because they can't figure out why. At times that we sometimes just have to trust God and keep on going no matter what. Trusting God. Truly trusting God. Number two. We must be careful in trying to make the same answer fit every situation. Just because something happened, some, something happened to so-and-so and it's similar does not mean it's the same thing or same reason it happened to you. We have to be very careful about trying to make the same answer fit every situation I'm not against books. I've got a whole library full of them, but we have to be careful because all of the self-help people out there don't have all of the answers. There may be times that we do not have enough information from God to come up with the right answer. And number three, at times we must realize that it is acceptable to admit that we do not know the answer and just continue to trust God even without the answer. Lord, I'm not going to let this shut me down from living my life. I'm not going to let this hinder me from serving you. I'm not going to let this ruin every minute of every day of my life. I'm just going to trust you. And keep on going. And keep on doing what I know the Bible says I should do. Because you do have the answers, God. Somebody say amen right there. You do have the answers, God. And I'm just going to hold on on to you. And trust in you to guide me through whatever happens in my life. Maybe, Maybe you even need to talk to God about something tonight you know it it can be really good just to pour your heart out to God and to allow him to give you the grace to go on even without answers Lord I don't want my life to stop just because I don't understand I don't want to be so devastated by what has happened in my life that I can't be a help and a blessing to other people. I'm going to trust you. But Lord, I need the grace and the strength to do so. And I'm telling you for sure, God is faithful. And we can trust Him even in the darkest times of our life. Without a doubt. Dear Heavenly Father, we're thankful for the Bible. We're thankful for the life of Job. 
And we know that He has been up there with you for some time now, and He understands better. But we're still down here, enrobed in this flesh, and we don't always understand what goes on in our life, and even what goes on in the life of others at times. But we know this, you're good, you're faithful, you're sovereign, and you can be trusted. Lord, help us to draw strength from these truths. And help us to live our life accordingly. Just trusting you. Pray, dear Lord, that your will would be done these next few minutes around these altars. We'll thank you and praise you for whatever you do. But we ask it in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen and amen. Let's all stand to our feet. Some have come to the altar. You need to come. Why don't you take time tonight? Maybe you just need to have a little talk with Jesus. Talk to your Father. Let Him have His way. Whatever He wants to do. Sing a verse of that, brother. <clears throat>